With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Smith rifles that one to Mims. And that's a foot race. He's going to win. Touchdown, Baylor. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Five straight games, Anthony, where he's got a touchdown catch of over 20. That's into the middle of that line, and it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder, 85 yards. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. Fires, end zone, it's caught. Incredible play by Donald. He'll hit immediately when he got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studio, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. And we now know what the 53-man roster is going to look like for the Jets, at least to begin the season. So bringing in one of the guys who was at Jets training camp all summer long to watch the practices. And we're going to talk about his impressions of what he saw and how they match up with the decisions that the Jets actually made. And that, of course, is Robbie Sabo, who is the co-founder of JetsXFactor.com, also the founder of Elite Sports New York. Robbie, thanks so much for coming on, man. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank you, Scott. Love to be here. And I call, I did catch the Blewett episode. I think it was yesterday. <laughs> um, no chit chat with me either to get going. Listen, you guys from Jets X Factor are becoming a tough crowd. Now I'm going to have Nanny on my case when he comes on the show too, telling me that I need to send them a bouquet of flowers, which is probably what the Jets had to do to convince Nate Hairston, Daniel Brown, and Josh Andrews to come back after initially releasing them. I'll probably not because they ended up giving them a really nice paycheck that most people don't get because they're going to be in the NFL. But those three guys were initially released and brought back. So why don't we start there, Robbie? Talk to me a little bit about what you saw from them at camp. Were you surprised that they were initially released? And were you surprised that they were eventually brought back? I mean, Daniel Brown, no. 
you kind of saw he was falling out of favor. Trevin Wesco was really elevating his game. So Daniel Brown, no. I mean, that's just a numbers game to get to four tight ends. Andrews, yes, because he's a Joe Douglas guy. Uh, connections in Philly. And then he played with the Colts, and which Colt isn't on the Jets roster right now. So Andrews needing that backup center because of the Jonathan Harrison cut, yes. And um, Harrison, yes, too, because their initial 53 had only eight DBs. And in this league, with special teams being faster and lighter, rolling with just eight DBs is a tough thing. So I thought they'd add another DB getting Harrison back. Makes sense. We were just talking about Harrison before, too. He, I, We both – I mean, I don't know about you, but I still think he has a lot of potential – um, the, the question now is who do they cut? What happens? Does Vincent Smith go to the IR? Because Vincent Smith, there are reports. I think it was Connor Hughes. I'm not positive. Double check me that he might be ready for week two. And if it's not Vincent Smith, who else is going to be off that 53? That's the question to, uh, keep an eye on heading into Monday. Let's talk a little bit now about some of the guys who were initially released and came back but not on the active roster. Instead, they end up on the practice squad. You've got two quarterbacks, although there's a little bit of a trick in there, and I'm going to let you talk about that, Robbie, because they're going to be able to use a little bit of a loophole to get one of those guys to technically be the backup until Joe Flacco comes back. You've got David Fales and then Mike White. Josh Adams sticks around. I like Adams. I thought he did pretty well the one year that he was in Philly. Didn't get to do much last year, but he's somebody to keep an eye on off the practice squad. Then Lawrence Cager, who everybody really liked, he sticks around. A lot of people were worried somebody else was going to claim him. They didn't. Josh Malone stays. Montgomery, which is interesting because he was one of those guys that everybody thought was just a camp body, but he ends up sticking around on the practice squad. Dante Moncrief, who's unusual because of what's going on with Corona, they're able to keep extra veterans on the practice squad. Normally, you would never see somebody like Dante Moncrief on a practice squad. Both Kafusi brothers, Travis, Murray, Gidry, who I know you liked a lot, so I want you to talk about that. And then, of course, you have both Jacksons, including the other Lamar Jackson, not the Lamar Jackson who was MVP last year, and Zane Lewis. So what do you think of the guys that ended up on the practice squad? You watched them all throughout training camp, and then you saw them come back even when the Jets had opportunities to add guys that were released by other teams. Did you like these moves, and were you surprised at all at the choices? Not really surprised at the choices, and like you mentioned, yes, they can keep veterans on the practice squad this year, I think up to six. Um, out of the total 16, they have 15 right now. So that's why you see Josh Adams. That's why you see Dante Moncrief. Uh, you can keep up to six of those guys. Aside from that, a lot of undrafted guys. I think Cager is my biggest surprise that didn't make the 53 because what he does in the red zone, in the corner of the end zone, on the fade, catching the ball at the high point, you just can't teach that. And I'm really shocked Jeff Smith made the team over him. Maybe Douglas saw something where he felt like practice squad stashes would be safer this year in the year of COVID, which would make sense um, with the inability to scout as much. But um, Cager surprised me. Matthias Farley surprised me too, because Brant Boyer really loved him on special teams. He was the personal pump protector for most of camp. I think that'll go to Ashton Davis now. Um, Gidry, you're right. I like Gidry. He didn't flash in camp. He just, he fit the position perfectly. He's that perfect slot corner, like that Ray Mickens type, short, quick feet, 
can get the job done behind Brian Poole. So I think Douglas and the Jets really like a lot of these kids that they kept on the practice squad. Zane Lewis, too. You know, for late waiver pickups, usually there's a, there's a reason why they picked them up that late, and they want him to stick around. So, you know, Zane Lewis, Malone, two quarterbacks, and the loophole, like you said, it's a 53-man roster, but each week they could elevate two players to the active game day roster. Now here's the catch. It's either once they play, once they're elevated three times or or four times, I don't remember which one, then other teams can claim them. So that's the catch. You can only do it two times without exposing them to the rest of the league. But for the most part, I think it's a solid practice squad. We'll have to let Joe Douglas's uh, scouting take it from here. Good news is, if what we're hearing is correct, it looks like Joe Flacco will probably be back before they would need to have to grapple with that situation of exposing one of these guys, whether it's Fails or White, to other teams. So let's keep our fingers crossed, and we're going to get into that situation with Flacco a little bit later. But first, I wanted to talk about the guys who were not brought back. You had the two somewhat surprising cuts, James Burgess and Jonathan Harrison. Now, neither one of those guys is especially great. They've both started before, though. They both know the system. It's strange, though, with both guys making as little as they're making, that they would be released this late. Not that big of a deal, just a little bit odd. Jehu Chesson is gone, although he had a really nice camp from all accounts. Jared Hilbers, who's somebody that got a pretty decent bonus for someone that wasn't drafted, he's not asked back. George Campbell, who a lot of people thought could be another Robbie Anderson just because he's really tall, really fast, has that blazing speed down the field. He wasn't asked back. As you said, Matthias Fairley. Brad Lundblade, who I'm not entirely sure is an actual person. I'm still grappling with this. I've looked for images on Google Images, but I haven't found anything yet. Sounds like a superhero. It really does, doesn't it? Or an extra in an action movie or something like that. And then Shaheem Carter would be the last one that wasn't asked back. Any of the names on here surprise you? Were you shocked at all that Jonathan Harrison and James Burgess were let go? Uh, Like I discussed, Farley, absolutely. I'd still keep an eye on him. Burgess, not so much, only because of history, recent history. He didn't make the initial 53 last year, which leads me to believe he's on call, maybe. I, I don't know. I'm speculating. But he didn't make it initially last year, and it's tough to keep five inside linebackers. So it really would have came down to him or Anuasu, uh, who's banged up right now. Um, so Harrison's the real surprise, right? He's not making much. He's a solid vet backup. He's been entrenched in the organization for a couple years now. So that's the real surprise. That leaves them with um, Andrews, Cam Clark, McDermott, and Aduga. Adoga, excuse me. I really think they love Cam Clark, and I think that's the uh, sticking point in which Harrison could go. That and Andrews, who they signed this offseason, who has ties with Douglas. Um, So Harrison for sure. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's go position by position here, Robbie, because... Chris Nimbley was on the show to give camp reports every day, and Andy Vasquez came on, too, to give a camp report. But everybody that was there might have had different thoughts on what they actually saw because some people thought that player A was better than player B. Other people thought player B was better than player A. In a lot of ways, it's all a matter of perspective. There are some that are obviously extremely clear-cut, but some that are a little bit more gray areas. So I want to talk about this a little bit. Let's start at quarterback. First of all, how did you think Sam Darnold performed overall? Were you happy with his performance over the last couple of weeks? No, I was not. Well, let me put it this way. For most of, most of the camp, he was well below average. It wasn't until the last week where he really started to pick things up, especially last Wednesday, where he really picked apart the defense. And he did so with guys like Malone and Chesson outside. I can't, a lot of people are giving him a pass with the weapons that were injured. Yes, it factors into it. But what I saw from Darnold this camp, and a lot of people get into the stats when stats get thrown out there. Don't worry about stats. It's about execution. What I saw from Darnold is slow to the outlet, meaning he'll roll roll through his progressions, but he doesn't give up soon enough on number one or number two to dump it down to the outlet or get it to the flat or get it to the tight end quick enough where, you know, a yard of yak becomes three yards of yak. So he wasn't he wasn't dialed in all summer. Um, of, of course, the weapons, the injuries had to do had a lot to do with it, but I can't put it on that completely because he started picking it up, and there were still injuries when he started picking it up. Uh, the good news is the offensive line is remained relatively healthy all camp. Alex Lewis got banged up, Greg Van Rotten, Cam Clark, but aside from that, you know the two big guys, Mackay Becton, Connor McGovern, are healthy. So I think even though Darnold. I was a little down on him this summer. Having that healthy offensive line really extends his ceiling going into 2020. Let's talk a little bit about the backup situation because we mentioned that Fails and White are going to start in the practice squad and then Joe Flacco is going to come in. Now, you didn't have an opportunity to watch Flacco, 
but we know what his resume is. We also know he's not what he used to be, but he's just supposed to be a guy that if Darrell gets hurt for a couple of games, he can step in. Watching White and Fails, did you have any confidence that they could bridge the gap between Flacco and Darnold in terms of being that backup for a few games until Flacco comes back and then obviously Flacco would be that guy after that. But are you confident in those two guys being able to maybe step in for a game or two if they have to? Fails, no. Mike White, maybe. Fails is a guy who... He's a gaze guy. He just knows the system inside and out. He's like a, an extra coach, to a great guy to have in that quarterback room. Uh, White, by the time it was all said and done, even though Fails was the number two to begin camp, White finished as the number two. You know, he flashed some serious um, quarterbacking this camp, and he did it with Cager. He did it with Berrios. Uh, and a side note, Berrios was on the second team all summer, but he's the type of guy who'll be on the second team all summer in the slot. And then you see him out there starting in 11 personnel week one, if there's an injury and there's no problems, but white flashed some serious upside this summer. And I, I bet you Douglas is doing cartwheels that he got to keep him on the practice squad. So I think white will be elevated to be that number two. And if Darnold were to go down, you know, God forbid for Jets fans, I think white gives you, um, slight hope that he could bridge the gap. You mentioned the offensive line before Robbie, so let's talk about that. As you said, they were mostly healthy throughout training camp. We know Connor McDermott got hurt, and also Cam Clark had his problems, but all the guys that are expected to start, including Alex Lewis, who has a history of injuries, seem to be okay throughout training camp. Now, we didn't hear a lot about George Fant, which I suppose is good news. And we didn't really hear a lot about anybody other than Mekhi Becton. And with Becton, what we heard was that he was huge and that sometimes he was struggling a little bit with Luvu and Jenkins, but other times he was just physically dominant. Talk to me a little bit about what you saw from the offensive line throughout camp and what you're expecting from them in 2020. They were pretty damn terrible um, the first couple of weeks. And Becton, even though Gase constantly said he wasn't swimming and he wasn't swimming. He, he picked up the offense. He looked like a pro out there. Um, even though that was the case, he still missed on a, on a couple blocks. He would, he'd get off balance. He'd lunge. Jordan Jenkins would beat him here and there. But as time went on, he started getting sturdier. And by the time camp was over, you didn't, you notice him in the run game moving guys, but you didn't notice him in the passing game at all because he, he locked guys down on the left side. So I think that, you know, funny things happen to offenses when first-round offensive linemen are drafted. Uh, and the Jets fans who are old enough should know that as well. So I think positive overall, positive for the offensive line, baby steps based on, you know, when comparing to the recent history, which has been terrible. Everybody has made a lot out of the fact that Sam Darnold doesn't seem to have very good weapons and you mentioned it before that it's obviously got to be considered at least in part a mitigating factor but the reality is Darnold's going into year three and so he's going to have to try and find a way to elevate the guys that he's got and it's an interesting group I think most people would agree that it's one of the weaker wide receiver cores in the NFL and it's had its problems with injuries I mean that's putting it lightly too because you've had Denzel Mims who's the one that everybody wants to see out for most of camp 
Harriman, we don't even know what's going on with him or if he's going to play week one. And even Jeff Smith, who we talked about making the 53-man roster, he's hurt. Vincent Smith was hurt. Other guys were hurt throughout camp, too. You're looking at a group that's got Chris Hogan as a potential starter. So this could be really messy. What do you think we should expect from this wide receiver core? And were there any pleasant surprises among the misery at camp at wide receiver the last couple of weeks? Among the misery, that that puts a bow on it. That's perfect. <laughs> uh, it comes down to injuries, really. You know, Perryman. I said it from the get go. I think he's more talented than Robbie Anderson. I think his upside is his ceiling is way higher, but he's that much more unreliable than Robbie Anderson. He's missed so many games. He's had injuries. I think the best hope a Jet fan could could ask is Perryman or Mims healthy. Just one of the two healthy. And then you work with whatever you have, Crowder, Berrios, what have you. Uh, Jeff Smith, they like Jeff Smith a lot. You know, former quarterback, he understands concepts, he understands route running. I, I wasn't overly impressed with him in camp. You know, I saw a couple drops, one on a deep comeback that comes to my mind early in, early in team sessions one day. Jehu Chesson, I thought he'd be on the practice squad for sure. Made a nice one-handed grab down the left, left sideline. Malone was a pleasant surprise as well. Um, Hogan, veteran, steady guy. Berrios is the guy that really intrigues me the most because I think, you know, save for Crowder, put Crowder out of the discussion. He's the, Berrios is the best route runner on the team by far. Uh, I'm shocked the Pats let him get away. He's a hard worker. You know, he's one of those short guys, one of those guys with quick feet, great cuts in the middle of the field. I think he could really contribute, and I think people are – he, he, I think he's under the radar right now. Berrios um, definitely, definitely stuck out in my mind and impressed me the most this offseason. So I think with Vincent Smith, too, returning, don't forget, he'll be back. I think it's a much deeper group than people think. It just doesn't have the horses at the top. At running back, we know that Le'Veon Bell is somebody that was disappointing last year. I think we can all agree that it wasn't entirely his fault, but everybody wants to see more from him this year. Frank Gore's in the mix now. Michael Pirine was a bit of a pleasant surprise at camp by all accounts because there was some head scratching going on after he was picked, but he looked pretty good. So those are the guys that the Jets are going to be going into the season with. Le'Veon Bell is somebody that Adam Gase has vowed to use differently and better in 2020. A lot more in the passing game, which I think we all agree, and even Gase himself agreed he didn't do enough of last year. Talk to me about what you saw from these guys at camp, and do you think that Gase is going to find a way to properly use those three guys in 2020? So, full disclosure, but last offseason I wrote I was against the Bell signing, but not because of Bell. I like Bell, and in fact, Bell did everything perfect last year. He was a great leader. Did everything it could on the field. It wasn't his fault. You know, you need the horses in front of you. The running back is so dependent on that unit. I still think Bell is good to go. Uh, is he the same guy he was when he's 23? I don't know, to be honest. Um, but I think he could do some damage this year if the offensive line turns into an average middle-of-the-pack unit. Gore still has some juice left. And LaMichael Perrine. I, I like LaMichael Perrine. He reminds me of Bell in a lot of ways not in terms of patience when he's running, but the versatility he offers. If you're a fantasy guy and you're thinking about drafting Bell, I wouldn't. Not because of Bell, though. <laughs> I think the offensive line is going to be improved. I think Bell's yards per carry is going to get up there in the four, or like low fours. 
it's just Gase isn't that guy. I think he will rotate these guys to death. Um, while he did admit he, he wants to use Bell better, he also said that he thought he used him too much early in the season when Darnold was out during the weeks where uh, they had Simeon and Luke Falk in there. He, he thought he overused them, which hearing that would drive Jets fans nuts probably. Um, so I think I would bet against heavy usage with Bell, but I think the Jets are in great shape with those three guys. Robbie, let's move to the defensive side of the ball and talk a little bit about the defensive line. Everybody's hoping for a huge breakout from Quinn and Williams Anybody that listens to this podcast knows that I was right there with Joe Blewett conducting the Quinn and Williams trade heading into the draft last year, and I still believe strongly that he's going to be really good. By all accounts, looked excellent in camp and is in terrific shape. You've also got Nathan Shepard, who came on late in the season after he got back from suspension and was excellent. Foley Fadakasi, who was one of the better run stuffers in the league last year. Kyle Phillips, who did really well last year as an undrafted free agent and seemed to do really well in camp this season. So tell me a little bit about what you saw from them and what you're expecting here in 2020, including whether or not you think Quinn and Williams can make that jump. Yeah, Quinnen was one of the standouts from camp this summer, uh, especially early. He was creating penetration. He was busting plays up on the front side. Jets started him out, if I, if I remember correctly, at nose tackle last year. He needs to get away from that. He needs to be the three technique. He needs that space. And I think if he gets that space, uh, he could do a lot of damage this year. He has the hands. He has the quickness, the sideline to sideline. He's, he's small for a D-tackle. He really is, especially when you see him. But he's that new-age D-tackle. Um, so he's got to do his damage outside zones, sideline to sideline, uh, rushing the passer. And, man, if he can, that changes everything for this Jets defense because the loss of Jamal will hurt more than people think, I think. I think it's kind of being understated because of the feelings that are hurt right now, how raw it is. But Quinn and Williams is that guy, that that X factor to really help Greg Williams. In terms of the rest of the defensive line, it's really deep. You know, Foley Fatikasi, Henry Anderson, Shepard, McClendon's a beast, you know. You know McClendon's mm-hmm. a beast still. Mm-hmm. He's one of the, you know, most underrated interior defensive linemen in the league still. So, you know, and Phillips too. Greg Williams loves Phillips. Plays him inside, plays him outside. Uh, really deep unit. Love what you got to see it. Love what you saw out of these guys, especially Quinn and Williams this August. Let's talk linebacker now. We know that the edge rushers are not exactly the strength of the team. Jordan Jenkins is what you'd call a tryhard. He's an effort guy, but he's not somebody that's going to be scaring opposing offenses. He is someone that can get some coverage sacks and some cleanup sacks, and he's a pretty good run stopper, but he's not the type of guy that you want as your number one edge rusher, but that's who the Jets have. And then, of course, you've got Terrell Basham, who I know Michael Nania really likes a lot. And I think you could make a case that he was as efficient as Jenkins last year as an edge rusher and might have a higher ceiling this year. But it looks like those are the two guys the Jets are going to go to war with, at least as the starters. And then inside Avery Williamson comes back You've got Neville Hewitt You've got Cashman And obviously now the surprise cut with Burgess But those are the guys that you're looking at 
as your main inside linebackers. As you mentioned before, Peanut is injured, so I'm not entirely sure when he's going to come back, but that's the core of what you're looking at with the linebackers, both inside and outside. We should throw in Jabari Zanigo, though he didn't do a lot in training camp because he was injured. What do you see from these guys, and what are you expecting? Do you think they could exceed expectations the way they did last year, or is this going to be a regression year, which is something that a lot of people expect? Well, yeah, inside is pretty straightforward, right? You got Avery, Hewitt, Blake, Anuastu, Peanut, Edge. Again, like you said, you're spot on with Jordan Jenkins. He's a try-hard guy. Their edge is still very slow, which means Greg Williams is catering his defense to that personnel. Um, Jordan Jenkins, Basham, uh, Zuniga, they're all bigger guys. They're all bigger guys, slower edge, really can't play in space. And to really get an idea turn on the Ravens game last year. Even when these edges had the quarterback in responsibility against his own read, they had no chance against Lamar Jackson. It was undisciplined, unathletic. So without Jamal Adams, they'll have, it'll be a headache. Greg Williams will have his hands full. The one ray of light I saw this summer, and he's not getting a lot of ink, is Frankie Lubu. He started low on the depth chart. He's one of those quicker edge guys, exactly what the Jets need. Started low in the depth chart early, worked his way up, and by the end with Basham Hurt, he was starting opposite Jordan Jenkins, rotating in and out with Willis and others. But Luvu, in his third year here, if he could make an impact, it would be huge for this defense. What about the secondary? We know they're going to take a step back because Jamal Adams is gone. And no matter what anybody thinks about Jamal Adams, he's an excellent player. And so losing a guy like that is going to take you back a bit. And I know that they upgraded a little bit at cornerback with Pierre Desir, but he's missed most of camp. And he had a rough go last year because he was battling hamstring injury. So we don't know exactly what to expect from him. Bless Austin apparently looked very good in camp. Arthur Millette is a guy that you know is a reliable depth piece. I don't know that you necessarily want him starting a lot, but he's there. We talked about Nate Hairston, who comes back. Quincy Wilson is here, but he didn't seem to make that much of an impression in camp. And then Bryce Hall's sort of waiting in the wings. He hasn't been able to play yet, but eventually, once he gets over his injury, he will rejoin the team. And then at safety, we know Bradley McDougal comes in to replace Jamal Adams. You've got Marcus May. You've got Ashton Davis. Sounds like Ashton Davis really came on at the end of camp and May might have been the most consistent player on the defense in training camp. In fact, showing that he can play strong safety if Greg Williams wants him to. What do you think? What are we looking at with this secondary? Is it possible that they could be better in some ways than last year but still take that major step back because of the lack of Jamal Adams? Yeah, it's possible they could surprise us. They will take a step back. There's no question. But again, the way football works, it's an inside-out game. If you're generating uh, heat on the quarterback, your secondary is going to be that much better. You know, truth be told, I don't think the Niners' secondary was anything that great last year. It's just they're they got the front four wreaking havoc every play. You're going to be better. But Ashton Davis. You know, Blewett, and I looked at Blewett's film review, I agreed with him. His instincts weren't there in college. He was really raw. But interestingly, he, he I describe it like this. He's one of those strange guys who seems to improve every day, and you don't know how he does it. He rapidly improves. Everything sticks, and he just gets better, and you can't explain it. And he seems to be one of those guys. 
The other thing is it was a big surprise on day one that Marcus May was playing strong safety and McDougald free safety. Everyone thought McDougald would slide right into strong. Um, I thought they'd interchange it. They'd interchange those guys a lot, and they could play both. But Greg Williams stuck to his guns and had May at strong safety, McDougald at free, and Ashton Davis shadowing. In terms of May at strong safety, it's going to be interesting. Uh, he played two games there last year with Poole and Adams out against Miami and Baltimore. He could cover. He's good in man against the tight end. He could set the edge a little bit. He's just not as physical. He doesn't punch blockers. He doesn't get aggressive. But I think with experience and reps, he can. Uh, but that's something to keep an eye on. Um, Quincy Wilson, he could play corner or safety. So I think his versatility will, will be big. Pierre Desir, I don't know what to expect out of him, to be honest. Bless, like you said, was good. He was solid, steady. Um, there's really no wild cards. You know, Hairston, they're, they're going to need Bryce Hall back. Brian Poole is still their best corner by far. Uh, he's critical to this offense uh, when playing against 11 personnel and nickel. Um, but secondary as a whole, I think it's really going to hurt without Adams. Ashton Davis, Bryce Hall, guys like that, new Douglas blood will have to step up to really flip the script. Last third of business, Robbie, I want to talk about the coaching staff. We know what everybody saw from Greg Williams last year. Everybody believes that he overachieved with a defense that really wasn't as good as its ranking. And some people believe that they're due for a regression because of the fact that they're playing much better offenses and much better quarterbacks this year. And then with Adam Gase, most people were pretty disappointed with the results of his offense. And as we talked about before, there were ways he could have improved it. Le'Veon Bell could have been used more as a receiver. That was never done. There were times where he would get on script and then he would never get off of what he was trying to do, even when it wasn't working. So there were a lot of things that people were very critical of last year and with good reason. You saw them throughout training camp. Did you see anything different from Gase to make you think that the offense might flow a little bit more smoothly this year? And what did you think of what Greg Williams was doing? I know he used some guys in very interesting ways. Chris Nimbley said that Quentin Williams was used off the edge a little bit. We know that Marcus May, as you just said, was used as a strong safety, so he was dabbling. What do you think? Is there a way that Greg Williams can get this defense to be even close to what they were last year, even without Jamal Adams? Well, I mean, with Greg Williams, you never know. He's a great defensive coordinator. Head coach is another deal. Um, you never know. I, I think I would expect a 16 to 20 finish in total defense DVOA. And I actually believe the offense might outplay the defense this year because of that offensive line. Um, everyone's taking a cautious approach, and I understand it. But I think the offensive line is going to be better than people think. Greg Williams has his... You know, he's got a tough chore ahead of him. In terms of Gase, his play calling, it, it's so hard to know in camp. It's impossible to know because they're working on different things. As a play caller, I think, you know, Gase, his concepts are okay. I think he outthinks himself, outsmarts himself at times. Mm -hmm. What it really comes down to with Gase, I think, is his leadership and his communication. We saw it with Bell and his hamstring injury. Uh, it's water under the bridge now, but Gase removed Bell, told us that it was a hammy. Bell went to the to social media and said, my hammy's not injured. Stuff like that. Is he a head coach in full with, in terms of communication, leadership, all that stuff? That, those are the real questions I have, first and foremost. I think the play calling could take care of itself. 
if he has the horses, if he has the line to really pave the way. And if Darnold, if he progresses Darnold, that's the other big factor, which I'm kind of glossing over. Um, but I think be cautiously optimistic about the offense and trusting Greg Williams is what I would say. You can never go wrong trusting Greg Williams as we learned during hard knocks, right, Robbie? Uh, testicles in the C-gap. I think it was the C-gap. My testicles wouldn't fit the C-gap, but Greg Williams knows. <laughs> Greg Williams is an expert on defensive scheming and where your testicles go in the A and C gap. Robbie Sabo, the co-founder of JetsXFactor.com. Thanks so much for coming on and talking about what you saw at training camp and what your expectations are now that we know what the 53-man roster looks like. Really appreciate it. Hope we can do this more often. For those that want to check out your work, obviously it's up at JetsXFactor.com. They want to follow you on Twitter. Check out everything that's going on at JetsXFactor that you're not writing, including Michael Nania and Joe Blewett. What do you got going on right there now? Because it seems like it's nonstop content, especially with the man, the myth, the legend, the human computer, Michael Nania. Yeah, Nanny is doing his analytics. I don't know how he does it. He might be an alien. I'm investigating. <laughs> uh, blew it as well with his film. Again, I'm investigating if he's human. Um, and yeah, check out JetsXFactor.com. Find Nania, Sabo, Blew it on Twitter. Find JetsXFactor on Twitter. And there's an app too. Go to um, the App Store on Apple and Google Play on Android. Um, and just you can find everything from the website, JetsXFactor.com. Should also say that you can read my history pieces too because I'm working through a series yes. at JetsXFactor.com on the 2008 season. I've already written 8,000 words on 2008 and we're only through one game. We're going to eventually turn this into an audio documentary and one way that you'll be able to get it is with a membership at JetsXFactor.com. So make sure that you join now because then you'll have access to it when it comes out. And if you haven't read the pieces yet, check it out. Really went in depth, especially on the background with Brett Favre and all the trials and tribulations it took for Favre to finally become a Jet when he almost became one initially during the draft in 1991. It was a wild ride. So if you haven't read it yet, go ahead and read that and all the other great material at JetsXFactor.com. If you haven't given us a five-star review, you on itunes yet if you could go ahead and do that for us really appreciate it easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing doesn't take you much time doesn't cost you any money but it goes a long way to help us out so if you could go ahead and do that for us be quite grateful and for the latest and greatest in new york jets podcasts you know where to go that's turn on the jets digital and turn on the jets.com lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? 
Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.